On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, Will Fuller is suspended for the rest of the season and we are devastated. We also go through players and defenses to stash on your roster for your playoff run. And we discuss how worried are we about Alvin Kamara's connection with Taysom Hill and Russell Wilson's connection with Tyler Lockett. And Kyler Murray's literal connection with his throwing shoulder. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Yes, sure. All right, well, there's nothing fun about this. It's not a fun fact. It's a devastating fact. Will Fuller has been suspended for PED use. For the full season, for the rest of the season, and one game in 2021. This is terrible, terrible news. There are so yeah. many like long-term, short-term implications right now. I'm not interested in any of that or any analysis. What is your emotional level right now? How are you guys doing? Are you guys all right? You're supposed to check in on your friends in these moments of devastation. <laughs> well, I only have two fantasy leagues. I believe two is the perfect number. I have Will Fuller in both. I bet on him. It's paid off. And now I'm absolutely screwed for the playoffs. So not happy about that. Secondly, I think this is just BS. <laughs> Listen. What? What? What is BS? I don't know what the substance is he took. Do we know that? Has that been disclosed? I don't think Do it was. I don't think it was. He didn't disclose it. He, he said didn't mention that he got it in his Instagram post. <laughs> a trainer. Yeah, something. Something to do with his offseason rehab. Yeah. Right. Okay. Here's my gripe. So Will Fuller is having the first healthy season of his career. It might be because of whatever the hell he took. Let that his him doctor prescribe. There is a <laughs> correlation. What is the problem with that? Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. if it's anabolic steroids, it's going to turn him into Optimus Prime. Don't do it. But like, if it's something to prevent recover or prevent injury, and if it hydrates your muscles so they don't tear as easily, like, what is the freaking problem <laughs> with that? Like, your if, muscles. If you <laughs> muscle hydration. <laughs> well, that's what he should have put on his Instagram. Nano bubbles. Baby. I was just Nano hydrating bubbles. my muscles. <laughs> like, okay. Riddle me this. Tommy John surgery, to this day, still, many Tommy John surgeries are when you get a dead guy's elbow <laughs> and put it in your own. You get a dead guy's ligament, Technically, put it in your arm. you're a cyborg. You're that's telling me robots, that's not a performance-enhancing procedure drug? You're literally getting a different human being's ligament in your body so you can perform again. However, medicine that makes your hamstring not pull, no, that's you can't do that. <laughs> medicine. I, medicine. So people should be able to do performance-enhancing drugs. Is your, no, is what all you're I'm saying, saying is, is I think the NFL needs to widen its scope a little bit on what is allowed. Again, I don't know what he took, but generally across the board, like if it's just like preventative stuff, that makes these guys not get hurt. It doesn't turn them into the Hulk. But like, is, can't we like extend this line a little bit? This is ridiculous. No, you tear I, your I, ACL, they put bolts in your knee. Sometimes <laughs> you get a dead guy's new knee and then you can go back under the field. Why is that fine? I, I, I see what you're saying because here's the thing. I, I'm not going to pretend to know what Will Fuller took. Craig is fired like, up. Here's the thing. There should be a line of what drugs you should take and what you can't. I'm not going to pretend Absolutely. to know what the line is and I don't know what Will Fuller took. But here's the thing. It is amazing where the current lines are drawn. The current ones are wrong. Right now, I mean, the NFL just dealt with this, but for so long in the NFL, you were not allowed to smoke weed, but you could take like opioids like before every game. One of them is like an actual epidemic that was before we had the pandemic, we had like an opioid epidemic and players are more likely to become opioid, uh, misuse opioids in their post-playing career. But you couldn't use freaking weed in a sport where there's head injuries <laughs> and collisions and pain constantly. Josh so, yeah, Gordon just throwing is still Vicodin on the freaking 
Yeah, he's like, dollar people. Play right now. It, it's like backwards of how life should be. And I don't know when you, certain guys have back problems or certain things. I think it's amazing that yeah, sometimes HGH helps with that stuff. I'm not going to know. About yeah, HGH, man. But. Like again, anabolic steroids and stuff that like a lot of the guys were taking in like the eighties that like you know, changed their life and like completely messed up their bodies and turned them into these superheroes. That's not okay. But preventative stuff that helps people play for a longer amount of time or not get hurt on the field. I just don't know why that's, he's suspended for six games. Really? Yeah, coffee is a performance enhancing <laughs> drug. Like there, we you, honestly, you're dead right. Caffeine, caffeine legitimately helps you do better. It helps you produce. Why isn't that illegal? How how would you feel if like everyone at the ringer was not allowed to like take caffeine? Well, well Mallory Rubin would be <laughs> take go, caffeine. But the, <laughs> Drink. Well, oh yeah, wait, Craig. I forgot you don't even drink coffee. No, I don't drink coffee. Is that Craig why also looks you're, down you're on just us taking a moral stand? Coffee. Is that what you're taking I think a moral it's just stand for the mentally unmotivated? This is this feels like cognitive cognitive no, dissonance. Here. I don't think that. I don't think that. Honestly, caffeine makes me jittery. I stopped drinking coffee because I realized that well, for coffee is just a lie. Like it doesn't really do what you think it does. But we don't have to talk about that right now. It's so good though. I just I do want to mention. Well, first of all, let's direct let's directly address Will Fuller right now because I know Will yeah. Fuller is definitely listening. And Will. I just want to say that we're not angry. We're disappointed that you got caught. Well, (laughs) please, next time, don't get fucking caught. When Funny enough, you know he's Will Fuller the fifth? Right now he's the fifth wide receiver in fantasy. So he is Will Fuller. He's going out as like the the wide receiver. Damn it. So next time you're a top five receiver and setting your career highs in every category, don't get caught, my man. Come on. Like, didn't you watch that documentary on Netflix, Icarus? You can get away with this stuff. Yeah, like if you're doing the thing that Lance Armstrong did where you like, <laughs> blood you like reconfigure your blood to where it, it okay, but honestly, well, the even problem with that, that is he lied about it and ruined everyone's way, person in his wake who tried to be honest. That yeah, was the problem. He basically took something that allowed his blood to use as much oxygen as possible or something like he that. Was lo- he was adding probably- water to his muscles. A smart podcast host once told me that. that <laughs> was really hydrating the he muscles. Was hydrating his muscles. With blood. Yes. That was what Lance Armstrong did. <laughs> Listen, if you can make your blood work better, why can't everybody do that? Look, do you want me to play the devil's advocate here? There's a slippery slope, number one. Number two. First of all, you're not devil's advocate. You're you're like a normal person. I'm fairly certain. I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty sure this is all collectively bargained with the NFLPA. So it's not just the league saying you can't take this stuff. Like it's all collectively. Yeah. Well, no. And also there should not be an arms race among players to just be on as many like drugs as possible until you get that thing from dodgeball where someone's on a, like a beaver tranquilizer or whatever. You don't want that, but just like, I just like, what a crappy thing that like you go to a doctor, your doctor's like, you should take this. This is fine. <laughs> no, this let's be real. And you go, okay, great. And then it's not, and then you get suspended for just trusting your doctor. Right, that's not what happened. He took he took something illegal and he knew it. Let's be real. So, but regardless, <laughs> we don't know what Will Fuller was. We don't know what was in his head. We don't know. But the reason we're so upset is because here's the thing: Will Fuller's having a career year in Houston, and his career in Houston might be over. Like we yeah. actually can right now take a second look at the Will Fuller era in Houston. Yeah, he's almost a free agent now. Right now, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Might not return to Texans because they might have a new GM and a new coach this offseason. So they have no connection. Bill O'Brien loved Will Fuller. He tried to recruit him when he was at Penn State. Didn't get him. So that's why Will Fuller is even in the Texans. So I just want to take a second. Will Fuller right now, after 11 games, played his most games since he was a rookie in 2016. But even though he's suspended with five games left in the season, has like basically set the career highs in every category. He's already set the career highs for catches, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, yards per reception of first downs this season in 11 games. So what do you, when you look back on like the Will Fuller, era, like what do you make of this experience so far? Because we love him and now he's failed us. I feel like this is right in line with the Will Fuller experience that we've had the last how many ever years? Four years. Yeah, he and just missed games in a different fashion this year. It's always something. I mean, there was that one game, remember, where there was apparently a hamstring injury, but then he was never on the injury report, and he just didn't have a catch in that one game. Oh, he forgot to take his meds for that game. (laughs) Oh, so that was when he forgot, now he took too many. Uh, The other thing that people reminded us on Twitter about, I think think we saw this from multiple people, so it was pretty hilarious, is like, Fuller was talking about how in the offseason, some coach taught him how to run correctly so he wouldn't get hurt. That's what they're calling it. Oh, yeah. Dude, let's look for fantasy for fantasy. What are the implications here? Because obviously it opens up a lot of opportunity going forward. Deshaun Watson's playing some of his best football of his career right now. And so I guess the question is, is there someone that you can use to replace Fuller on this team? And, you know, who's the biggest target coming out of this situation? Because keep in mind, uh, Cobb is on the IR. 
Kenny Stills was just released. Yeah, it's crazy timing. That now there's like no namers, literally like Kiki Kuti, who we know about, but was in Bob's uh, doghouse for a long time, and and now he's starting to emerge a little bit, and then. Rookie. Clear, Bob is Bill O'Brien. You can't just use yeah, acronyms. So like you, pronou- you can't pronounce an acronym. <laughs> My bad. Uh, and then Isaiah Coulter, a rookie, uh, has a chance to potentially be a big part of this offense down the stretch. So I think both of these guys are pretty interesting from a fantasy point of view. Obviously, I'm not going to trust Coulter to do anything. But to me, he looks like an interesting stash because he plays that field-stretching role that, that Fuller plays in that offense. Realistically speaking, I think considering we don't the, the unknown here i think i want jordan akins like i know jordan akins was like the only yeah. texan to not do something in that thanksgiving game and we liked him but i think that this Other is not than necessarily have two touchdowns the next... clang off his hands oh, yeah that was really tough but still he's getting open and also tim kelly who's calling the plays now for them i mean he was a tight ends coach so i think there's going to be continued opportunity they need to see what's on this roster i don't think darren fells who's in his 30s is quite the same guy in terms of figuring stuff out so Obviously, Brandon Cooks goes up in value if you're debating playing. Or whatever. I mean, yep. Brandon yep. Cooks seems like locked in receiver now. And then I don't know. I wouldn't. Tr- I think Kiki Kuti is an ad. He's kind of their slot guy that has ebbed and flowed. We'll see what his role is now that Bill O'Brien's gone. I would add him, but I would really play Jordan Akins as a dice roll at tight end more than any of these receivers. I'm not trying to add Isaiah Coulter yet unless you're in a deeper league. Like, but in a ten team league, I'm probably not yet. So you guys think that the number one non Brandon Cooks receiver. Pass catcher, I should say, on the Texans is Aikens and not Kuti. I think he's got a more established relationship and more established connection, probably with with Watson, and he's more established in this offense. But Kuti, if you remember, like I think his first game in the pros, he had eleven catches. Yeah, fourteen. And so crazy. I mean, that's that's obviously something that's that's anchored a lot of fantasy players to him, and and maybe has made fantasy players think he's better than he actually is, but. Are you, t- are you saying fantasy players when you mean us? Because I feel like you're talking fantasy about Fantasy managers, we, correct. You and yes. I. <laughs> but no, I think the real answer there was Duke Johnson too. Like Duke Johnson had his first, his best game of the year on Thanksgiving. He caught a touchdown. But I think in terms of just who will catch the most passes for Houston going forward, it's probably Cooks, Duke Johnson, and then I think probably Akins or Kuti. But yeah. I think Duke Johnson is now, you want to flex Duke Johnson and you want to be playing Cooks and you probably Akins, I think. And we'll see about Kuti. But we'll see how it breaks down. Okay. For a segue, I do want to say Isaiah Coulter, the rookie, is an interesting stash as the playoffs heat or as the as the fantasy playoffs draw nigh, um, and that's going to be what we're going to talk about in this next segment. Is you know with the waiver wire, we 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 did this waiver wire uh, episode on Monday afternoon, and then I realized after we finished it and, and got it published that waivers don't actually run this week until Friday because <laughs> of this Wednesday game that's game. moving. This game is moving to Wednesday afternoon. This uh, Steelers and uh, Ravens. We're going to have which, the first Week 13 game that counts for Week 12 in fantasy. <laughs> Wait, quick straw <laughs> yes. poll. How do you guys feel about the Wednesday afternoon game? I've I've run the full gamut, and I'm kind of like, yeah, sure, fine. I, I like it. Sure, I whatever. don't like it. I'm not into it. I don't. I think I don't like it. I don't even know what to feel anymore. Who knows? <laughs> I, do yeah, I like I'm it? Like, it's going to happen. I'm d- I'm kind of done having. I'm kind of done having opinions on things. I'm like, you know, let's just what? get to 2021. That is absolutely not true. I'm, <laughs> just tell me what to eat. Tell just, me what to do. Yeah, exactly. Just I just want to just cut to the chase, and I want to just get to the point where I start paying taxes to Amazon, and like I just want my Amazon citizenship <laughs> card, and I want them to just send me things that I quote unquote paid for, and I just want to get. If over you're gonna it. pay taxes to, does that mean that I'm in the capital right now because I'm in Seattle? Yeah, yeah. No, you live in the capital. Like like the no, the capital is a digital dystopia. No, the, yeah. Anyway, the the warehouses of the fortresses. Okay, the playoff stashes. Obviously. It's late in the season. We're at the point where if you're a playoff team and you've clinched this week, we want to go through a mix of, I mean, people who are important for this week, and we tried to hit that yesterday more with an emphasis on, like, this week. But if you're, like, know you're in the playoffs and you're trying to win your freaking league, and now you have this weird benefit of, like, an extra few days to think about it and plan ahead, we want to just highlight a few people. an extra roster spot or two, potentially. And an extra roster spot or two if you guys have COVID spots or whatever. Um, just people you can stash for the next few weeks. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I'll just, I'm just going to start with defenses. Or do you guys want to do running backs first? No, defense is a good one because, yeah, honestly, like defenses are so matchup sensitive that sometimes it's honestly a smart thing to have just two defenses. Well, on I your feel like roster. people forget about these sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's good to like just add a week 15 and 16 defense right now because they're probably available. So defenses, we'll just run through three. So the Browns is the first one. The Browns are playing the Jets and the Giants in week 15 and 16. That's a dream matchup for your fantasy Ooh. semi and final in your championship now here's the thing they're rostered in three quarters of leagues so they're probably not available in your league so sorry 
But the next two games are the Ravens and the Titans. So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to get cut in your league. So I don't know if that'll dip below, but just keep an eye out if anyone cuts the Browns. Scoop them up immediately. The next one is the Seahawks, who similarly owned in like rostered in half of leagues now. They just played the Eagles. They did a really good game. They got the, the freaking Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers at the end of the game, oh, killed God, their score because they dropped to like tied for 11th. I think they covered. They Top five or so. Yeah, the cover. That was crazy. Uh, and then also in the throwing Scott, Scott Van Pelt after that because he always does bad beats. It's hilarious. I but know, anyway, perfect. the Seahawks, their next four games are Giants, Jets, Washington, Rams. Obviously, the Rams in week 16 is not great, but Giants, Jets, Washington, unbelievable. If they're still around, grab the Seahawks. But for everyone else who probably doesn't have the Browns and the Seahawks available in your league, there is one team I actually think could be a fantastic addition as a defense stash for the playoffs. It is the Houston Texans. <laughs> Wow. Despite Bradley, despite Roby. Bradley Roby, who like Will Fuller is also suspended. And here's why. Here's the Texans schedule for the next four weeks. Colts, Bears, Colts, Bengals. So mm. obviously you're not going to want to play him against the Colts either of those times. But holy crap, they're playing the Bears. I don't care if it's Trubisky or Nick Foles. If you have watched the <laughs> Bears Chicago Bears, they are so inept. And if it is Trubisky, Trubisky, you know, let's just say doesn't protect the football. Two I, turnovers a game, easy, I would at say. At the end of the like the Texans are bad. They're not a good defense. But when you're playing the Bears, you are a good defense. Congratulations. And then championship matchup, Texans-Bengals. You're either going to be getting Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley at quarterback. <laughs> I, I mean, J.J. Watt. Like, I just think that that's a great stash. And if you can make it to your championship game with the Texans against the Bengals, I feel like that's a dream. They're available in like 90% of leagues. So I feel like that's a good stash for you. Let me toss out one more defense for just for Week 16. The Bears... The Bears are only 59% rostered, and they're playing the Jags week 16. So that's another one to keep an eye on if you just want a championship uh, defense. I wanted Heifetz and DK. I wanted you guys to rank these because picking up a defense is really tough when you have two uh, that you're deciding between. It's just kind of really hard when they're both playing crappy teams. You see Texans playing the Bengals, and you see you know Chicago playing the Jags, and you're just like, ah, I don't, I don't know what to do. So can you rank maybe the the best guys in week for week 15 and 16 for us? Well, I think it's Browns, Seahawks, Texans, but that's the order they're rostered in. And I think that's for a reason that the Browns are in three quarters of the roster, or Seahawks are in half, and then Texans are 10th. I would just watch to see if the Browns or the Seahawks get cut, but they probably won't. So, like, would you rather have this in week 14? This is the first week of a lot of people's playoffs. The Seahawks are playing the Jets, or the Texans are playing the Bears? Oh, the Seahawks against the Jets. Yeah, the, the, the Seahawks, Jets. maybe. The Seahawks, honestly, we, we've shit on the Seahawks defense a lot this year and for good reason for, for a vast majority of the season. But they, they honestly have played a little bit better over the last like. Three I mean, or four I picked weeks. them as a streamer for defense last week, not to toot my own horn, but to toot. And there's a reason. It's like they're getting a little bit better and their opponents are getting a lot worse. They had six sacks against the Eagles. They're they, evening they're, out. And they're playing the Giants this week. And they're even going to get Daniel Jones, who <laughs> yeah. goes one game without a turnover. And everyone's like, oh, he's getting better. And then he's either, either <laughs> that guy's going to get hurt, who's turned it over at 95% of his career games, or it's going to be Colt McCoy, who you're like, oh, veteran presence. No, he sucks. He's all, he almost he threw a ball. He had, one, he had what I call a Trubisky, which is when you throw a ball directly into the chest of a linebacker and he drops it because he was shocked the ball came to him. McCoy <laughs> had like a couple of those. So yeah. I think whoever you get, the Seahawks defense is a great play this week. So if, also, if you picked up the Seahawks defense because I recommended them last week, don't drop them. Just hang on to them. Figure it. No matter what you do, don't cut them. Who do you guys like better week 16? Texans, Bengals, or Bears against the Jags? The Bears. Yeah. Yeah, the Bears. Bears are a good defense, legit. Even yeah. with Minshew back in Jacksonville, yeah, a little first year. Yeah, you want okay. the Bears. Well, the question is, will Minshew be back? I guess. Yeah, and we'll get to we'll that because he, he was one of my stashes uh, at the quarterback position just in case if you're in the Superflex League and he's out there and, and that's actually what I did in the Ringer League which is a Superflex League. I, I just stashed him just in case because he's oh. like a top he's like a top uh, 14 or so QB in, in when he's playing. Um, my question is are the Jags just want to stick with Glennon because they actually do want the number two pick. Um, <laughs> it, it might happen, you know. For whatever reason, man, I'm still a believer. I'm still a Minshew mania guy. Um, I don't think he's going to be their starter next year, unfortunately, because they're probably going to draft uh, Justin Fields, but we'll see. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. At the running back position, a couple guys, I think, to keep in mind, you know, just as stashes. I think a lot of playoff teams are like the types of teams who have sort of like their starting lineup set and they they have a little bit of flexibility with their with their like low end of the roster. And Craig, you talked about this on Monday's show. Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, I think, are really smart stashes at this point in the season. For the Steelers you know, running backs. Steelers running backs. Um, James Conner was, he did test positive for COVID. We don't know exactly how that's going, but um, if he ends up missing some time and he could, then obviously, you know, you get a potential bell cow back in Snell. I think that they'll probably try and see what they can get from McFarland as well a little bit. I would I'd prioritize Snell over McFarland, but I think either of these guys might be worth a stash. Even if Connor comes back, we know that his injury history. The other guy that's about ready to come off the uh, injured reserve or the PUP list is Rashard Penny from the Seahawks. Um, Craig's guy, San Diego State mm-hmm. guy. Aztec. And I don't, honestly, I, I don't know how much they're going to use him. They got Carlos Hyde's running pretty well right now. But if you go back to last year before he got hurt, he was looking really good, really quick. They were using him and uh, him and Chris Carson in a pretty good rotation. The Seahawks seem very hell-bent on kind of getting back to their their roots at this point in, in terms of offense and running the ball a little bit more, um, being more physical. They really want teams to feel them. That's as Pete Carroll would say, you want teams to feel you. I want people, I want our listeners to feel us on this yeah. pod. You want to feel like you played a football game after you played Craig, the Seahawks. Craig, when you produced Pete's podcast, did you feel him? Oh, yeah. We were feeling each other, for sure. Yeah, just two, <laughs> two NorCal guys vibing. Okay, so what about receivers? Are there any receivers here? Any playoff stats? Uh, Craig, do you have any? No, honestly, other than like Kiki Kuti, I mean, we don't have to get into like the Jets guys, like the Mims Pyramid stuff. I, I honestly don't see when you talk about stash, it's usually people who can like emerge. Mims and Pyramid are kind of what they are. I do have a couple of running backs that I think are interesting and they're kind of in the same vein as the Benny Snell category is if you have De- uh, Derrick Henry or Zeke on your team, you got to do this. But honestly, even if you don't and you have the space, this is what I've been doing in my mm-hmm. leagues. Deontay Foreman on the Titans and and Tony Pollard on Dallas. Uh, Tony Pollard's 19% rostered. And he's just, you know, he's probably just as good as Zeke right now. And if Zeke goes down, like he's a quality starting running back on your playoff team. And then Deontay Foreman, man, like I know Derrick Henry seems like impenetrable, but if he does go down, Foreman is like fully recovered from that Achilles injury. He like looks pretty good. He's clearly their backup. Like he is there between the tackles running back. And their week 14 to 16 for the Titans is really easy. And like, it, it could just completely change. Imagine if you were playing the guy who had Derrick Henry and you have Foreman sitting on your bench and, and Henry tweaks his hamstring and he doesn't have Will Fuller's meds on him, so he's not going to play. <laughs> and then you just get to, you know, slot into Deontay Foreman. The, the, yeah. It's like a 20-point swing in your matchup. Yeah. I think that, that. that that's a good one. And on that note, I think that one of the reasons, I don't think that this is a season where there's going to be stashes so much. Because stashes implies something's predictable. The reality here is that the opportunity right. changes are going to be COVID related middle of the week star player X has tested positive for coronavirus and that their backup is now the guy or third both the starter and the backup are in the third string running back is just the guy and then <laughs> if you're in one of those leagues which is most but awful system that you can just pick up whoever whenever this is like the ultimate stress test year for that because it's like oh Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are both out and then someone just sees it first and picks up Gus Edwards on a Wednesday and that sucks but I think that that's really going to be the thing that swings it and if I can give you and everyone listening like a real this is like a real masochist advice, but it could win you your league. And this won me my league once. But if you set Adam Schefter's Twitter account to push notifications. Oh, yeah. Oh, my this God. Is good. Like, if you set, there's a little bell icon. If you have Twitter on your phone, there's a little bell icon. And don't do this all year round like I do because it's very bad. No, for you do it year round. I don't want to talk about it. But oh, my God. If you. He tweets a lot. I I mute all my texts. I can't even have push notifications. (laughs) So I'm a site. Remember when I said I watched the social dilemma and I was like, oh, push notifications or just someone tapping on your brain like, hey, pay attention. They're (laughs) awful for you. But if you want to win your league, the surest way to just be ahead of everybody and pick up someone first is to add Schefter's Twitter notifications to your phone. 
And then, I, true story, I won one of my leagues a couple years ago because, like, I, I think the Carlos Hyde got traded from the Jaguars to somewhere and started. I don't remember. The Browns. I picked him up immediately, 30 seconds later. And that's where you're going to learn that, by the way, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette have co corona and that you should pick up the third string bucks running back. So Listen, man, this is what it takes. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to get down in the dirty. That's the real stash, though. Schefter. Schefter's my stash. I like that one. I got one more that I'm going to throw out just because I saw this on Twitter and it reminded me. And, and I'm actually in a league or two that he's on waivers because he's on IR right now is George Kittle. If he's out there, if someone dropped <laughs> oh my him, God. he says he's he says he wants to come back in two weeks. He's he's supposed to be out allegedly for another month. But the dude is Wolverine. So if he's not if Wolverine, anyone in he's your the league, Joker, he has a he got a tattoo of the Joker on his wrist like a giant forearm tattoo of the joker the day before his wedding he <laughs> his goes google pictures of his wedding his his wrist is in saran wrap with the joker tattoo well that's interesting what i meant he has healing power and he's <laughs> he's he can like come back way earlier than hopefully than he ever is supposed to apparently and so um i don't know if he's out there he's a he's a good stash too because uh i think a lot of people have sort of written him off this season and he might be back he wants to come back he says he's very optimistic that he's going to Okay, so stashes. Browns defense, Seahawks defense, Texans defense, Bears if they're available somehow. Maybe Kiki Kuti, maybe May Isaiah Coulter, uh, Rashad Penny, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, Gardner Minshew maybe, if you're in two quarterback lead, Deontay Foreman, and if you're a psycho like me, set Adam to twi Twitter to push notifications. <laughs> what an unbelievable piece of information. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. It's Oh, and also for the record, it's terrible for your mental health. Don't really do it, but it will help. Uh, okay, let's get to... Players who are really good, but also disappointing. This is kind of the dance with who brung you conversation because there is a lot of concern for some big name fantasy players. Right. You and, know how like in March Madness, the teams who usually wins are the teams who just like get hot right before the tournament starts. These are the mm -hmm. opposite of those guys. Yeah. There's longstanding fantasy advice. Generally speaking, if you ask us, hey, should I play good player X who I drafted high and has been good, but is recently cold versus... Random guy who's hot now. Ian we Thomas. Will, Ian Thomas, yeah. Or, or that's like the Zoolander <laughs> thing. Like, oh, so Hansel, so hot right now. Hansel. So hot right now. We're always going to pick Zoolander because it's like you dance with who brung you. It's like we don't care that Dalvin Cook has had five points three weeks in a row. You play Dalvin Cook. You dance with who brung you. But, <laughs> but there are a few guys this year that are kind of a little whisper, a little concerning. Yeah. So let's just roll through some of these guys and let's just broach – Daintly, they, like polite, yeah, gently. Yeah, it's a little fantasy therapy. You know, yeah. we're just talking it out. Talk it through. Yeah. Talk it, we're talk not it telling out. you to bench these guys, but. These are for all the people who are debating yeah. it. They're like, exactly. man, do I, do I got to start Lamar? It's a safe space for you because, like, you tell someone else about it, they're going to be like, idiot. But for us, you can trust us. So <laughs> yeah. let's start here. Yeah. Do you bet if you made the playoffs with Lamar, congrats. Should you, like, be thinking about benching Lamar Jackson sometime soon? DK. Yeah, so this one is tough because, well, number one, we're just going to assume that he comes back pretty quickly from, uh, he was he tested positive for COVID, so he's out at least this week, and then we don't know exactly how far that uh, that will take to get him back, but Tuesday assuming he does come back. He will be eligible for the Tuesday game if he's if he's negative. Next Tuesday? Is that when they're playing next they're Tuesday playing now against Tuesday. the Cowboys? It's like the first day he's eligible to be back if he tests negative. Anyhow... Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like I'm still going with him. He's he's like the one guy on this list who I feel pretty strongly like I'm not going to just abandon ship at this point. Um, I feel like he's been underwhelming relative to expectations, but he hasn't been a bad fantasy player. Going back uh, overall this season, he is the QB 10 in points per game. The last four games, not including week 12 because he's not playing this week, so from week 8 through 11... He's still rushing a lot. He's the QB nine. He still leads all uh, running or all quarterbacks in rushing yards in that stretch. The only problem that that that's kind of cropped up with him is he's just not scoring the touchdowns that he he had last year. And so, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Touchdowns are very random. It's hard to predict when they're going to come. We're seeing this with Tyler uh, with Kyler Murray right now. Um, I don't know. I just kind of have this hunch that Lamar is going to start getting some touchdowns in bunches going down the stretch, assuming he plays. And Cut his call. schedule is actually lining up pretty well for that to pan out. You got, he has Dallas at Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Giants. And then if your team's, if your league plays in week 17, then they finish off week 17 at the Bengals. And, you know, toss in the fact that the Ravens like need to win. Like, they're, <laughs> this is crunch yeah, time. That was going to be my other 
point, they have their backs against the wall at this point. And, you know, there's there's really no more holding back, whether they were trying to, like, get him to learn to play a little bit more from the pocket or whatever. I feel like they're just going to go no holds barred. They got to just, they got to win games at this point. They're really, like, in a slump right now. And so that could be really good for Jackson's overall numbers. So my my bottom line, I think, and my, my take on this is that we are going overboard a little bit with the Jackson concerns. I still think he's, He's a must-start at quarterback. Okay. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. Lamar Jackson, tough enough for the salty spittoon. <laughs> wow, that was a nice little nugget. What do you guys think? Do you agree? Yeah, did you, what, what about you, Craig? I think what DK said about, like, the Ravens kind of just need to, like, hunker down and do what they do well. And even if it's, like, a little bit predictable, like, just go back to what you know. Play the hits, you know? When you, you're at the Journey concert, like, we want to hear Don't Stop Believing. Like, don't, don't do any of the new stuff. Speaking of play the hits, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Uh, was not taken. I hits. believe had the most fantasy points for any quarterback ever through like eight games or whatever. I mean, just literally the best fantasy performance we've ever seen. Yeah, until he played and got hit, and now he doesn't run anymore. We we this don't know the this. They all deny that he's hurt. You're just out here saying Will Fuller is blah blah blah. You have to. There has to be some commitment to truth here. It was based on what every NFL analyst tweets stuff it ends up not being true anyway. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I watched him play and he Pointed. looked different to me. And I think it's because right after he got a really bad shoulder injury, he's looked different. So I don't know what else you need. Yeah. So the, do, do we do we have the numbers here on how different he's been? Well, I don't have the numbers on like his overall scoring right in front of me, but I just want to look at his rushing numbers only from weeks one through nine when he was the QB one. He rushed 76 times, nine and a half rushes per game, 543 yards in those games, which is 67 per game. And he scored eight touchdowns in the last three games. He is the QB five. So again, it's like, this is all relative. He's still doing well, but his rushing has gone way down. He's only rushed 21 times. So it's seven times per game, 107 yards, half, basically half of what he was doing earlier per game in yards. But is this like fantasy and, gout where it's like, you just, you know, gout you get from like, like eating, just eating wine and like the King's disease and all this stuff. Is this like fantasy gout where Kyler Murray goes down a little bit and we're like, Oh no. And like, this is like the problem. Yeah. Of, I used to have the best fantasy quarterback of all time. And now he's not. Yeah. That. Yeah. I'm sure everybody's a little bit upset that he's like regressing back to the mean, but I just don't think it's, I don't think it's natural regression. His last two games, which yeah. I believe are the only yeah. two full games he's played injured. He's been the quarterback 14. So, like, yeah. if that's where you're living for the next four games of this season, and his his schedule is not super easy. The thing about easy. that is it's, it's not random. So, basically, in the beginning of the season, they were doing so many designed runs and so many options and stuff. And Kyler was keeping it. That's why Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds kept getting cock-blocked in these runs. And that's how Kyler Murray had freaking, <laughs> what was it, 10, 12, 10 rushing touchdowns in, like, his first nine, 10 games or whatever. And, and it's because he kept keeping the ball in the options. And now, in the last yeah. couple games, it's the opposite teams are making him hand the ball off and also they're blitzing him a lot. The blitz rate over the last four games has doubled. The, you, you we're blitzing him like uh, basically one in six times. Now they're basically blitz, blitzing him one in three times. The, and Brian why do you Flores think that and, is? I, I, I mean, I don't want to pretend to be in the head of these defensive coordinators, but I think it's probably a combination of many things. One, it's they probably don't want him to be able to like escape the pocket the way that he wants to. I think they want to disrupt him immediately. I think they probably are questioning his ability to read downfield. And I also think that they're trying to hurry him and get the ball out of his hands faster. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury mm -hmm. said that this was part of like a longer, like a larger league wide trend of, of, of making quarterbacks not run the ball and blitzing these rushing quarterbacks and stuff. But whatever the result is, there does seem to be a difference in how the Cardinals have been played by defenses and they're going to have to develop a counter again. Like, are you really going to bench Kyler Murray? Like probably no. not, but it is a little concerned. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm concerned, and I'd like to see it again. So, I mean, also, yeah, they're playing good. Yeah. I mean, their next games are the Rams. Good defense with a good defensive coordinator. Again, we talked about how they're the best second-half defense. The Giants, who, you know, they're, they're not that great. Solid but, like, defense. The defense has actually been kind of Improving. Impressive. The Eagles, which, who knows what to make of it. Their defense good is good sometimes. It's good, good front, front four. The Niners, who are very well coached and getting healthier in defense. And then the Rams again. That's pretty good. And that's week 17, but still. And that's what's tough about Kyler is because they're denying his injury or or whatnot, you're never going to know when he is going to bounce back. Like, there's never going to be a report that Kyler's feeling 100% and you can feel reassured because he's already saying that. So I think what's tough is you have to start him because at any given moment, he could pop right back to being Kyler. Because let's be honest, when he was in the red zone, he was a little Russell Westbrook-y where he'd, like, get in front of Steven Adams and get the rebound where he, he was— 
He was taking those little one-yard touchdown runs a lot instead of handing yep. it off to his running yep. backs, trying to pad those. <laughs> and that's a the bit. thing is, it, it's revealing that he's not having, th- he's not really having that many three hundred yard days. It was all about the rushing. T- I mean, again, it was, it's not that it's not touchdowns are a bad thing, but defenses are like, we're not going to let Kyler beat us anymore. And then the scoring flows elsewhere, and Kenyon Drake's been it being way better, so it's a little concerning. But you're going to have to play him. Last one, quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. Yeah, this one's hilarious because we were talking about this you know, planning the show. And then I saw a tweet from JJ Zacharyson. This is also funny because we were talking about how we we all hate Kirk Cousins and he's going to be in the burn book and he's just going (laughs) to trick us. Kirk Cousins, this is fantasy points per game since week six. Kirk Cousins, 20.3. Russell Wilson, 20.9. They're basically, Russell Wilson has turned into Kirk Cousins over the last like Or Kirk Cousins has turned into Russell Wilson. That's kind of actually more, I think, the case because Cousins, I'm telling you, he's been on fire. Like he's got Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to get, he's going to get Thielen back here pretty quick. I don't know. But the point is, Wilson, who went scorched, absolute scorched earth early in the season, like the Russ, let Russ cook movement caught on. They had a they had a down stretch where he turned the ball over. I want to say like I love that you just said let Russ cook mo- movement like it's like some chapter of history and activism that like was finally <laughs> got to the negotiating table and like nego- like like achieved like your some historic like to, to be clear that I wanted. say that tongue in cheek, but it is absolutely a movement. I just the, the whole thing, let, let Russ cook, cook thing is that's like a verbal movement. Everybody says yeah. let so and so cook now. It's like I, but the let, Russ cook let thing infuriates me. A piece of me dies every time I hear "Let Russ Cook." Yeah, that's. I think that's actually happening with Seahawks fans now too. Um, but the bottom line is, like the Seahawks have taken their foot off the gas a little bit when it comes to that. They're trying to be a little bit more Pete Carroll's team, I think. And I don't Why? think it's like a. It's not. That- it's not a huge, huge departure. But R- Wilson's clearly not been as good as he was early in the season. And Pete Carroll truly believes at his core that a balanced team is the best team. Absolutely. Says Pete Carroll's producer right there. If we want to get into Pete Carrollosophy or whatever, honest, and I've read his book. I I used to cover the Seahawks, so I, I feel like I know his philosophy pretty well. The one thing he did when he came back to the NFL is he promised himself that he was not going to let either the front office, the ownership, or fans change anything about what he believes. He's, he's going to go down doing what he believes and this is like going back to I mean dude the dude's been coaching for like 40 years going back to when he started coaching like this is the all-time great way to win football games in his opinion and so even if the NFL is changing I think it's changing I think that the you know passing on first and second down more often is a good thing I believe all this stuff but like I guarantee you Pete Carroll is like we're getting back to Pete Carroll ball like this is the only thing I know it's just not working right now. Uh, the big thing was not necessarily the passing on first and second down. The big thing was turnovers. And I think Pete Carroll yeah. is absolutely allergic to turnovers. And that's why they took and put the restrictor plates a little bit back on Wilson because he was making bad decisions. And I think that was the big thing. Not just I mean, like Russ had more frequency. fumbles in like a three-week period than Patrick Mahomes has in, has in his career. So yeah, that was bad. bad. The defense at the same time has gotten better. And, it, and they don't feel like they have to turn it loose the same way that they were at the beginning of the year. So a lot of a lot of variables. So if they're passing less, how does this affect Tyler Lockett? Because Tyler Lockett, obviously DK Metcalf has gone to another planet. DK Metcalf has more receiving yards against the Eagles in the last two games he's played against the Eagles than like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who the Eagles took over DK Metcalf, more than Arcega-Whiteside <laughs> has in his entire career. So it's like DK Metcalf is great. But Tyler Lockett has kind of disappeared since his insane implosion for 200 yards. Kind of. Yeah, if we didn't love him so much and we're insanely biased for Tyler Lockett, we would probably be talking about him. Uh, I think, Craig, did you dig up this stats? Someone put that he's the wide receiver 37 since week eight. Okay, so so he's the 37th wide receiver since week eight. They're playing less. He's just, we always talk about the connection between him and Russ. There's just less of that. So are you confident playing Tyler Lockett over the next few weeks if he's on your team in the playoffs? No. I'm not. I here's the thing, and I you guys remember maybe like a month ago we talked about the scariest guys to have across from you um, on the other on the other team like that you're playing, and Lockett was one of them. And I was like, man, I don't know, but at the same time, like he did have that 45 point game in Week Seven, so like he has that ceiling, and it could come at any point. But at this point, he's become. I feel like he's become a little bit untrustable. I wouldn't blame you if you put keep him in your lineup and. I would never want you to like bench him just because I say he's like struggling, but I'm just going to give you the facts. Like he's wide receiver 37 since week eight. 
He's still averaging plenty of targets, 6.8 targets a game over the last five weeks. That's that's when he's the wide receiver 37. But he only has one touchdown in that time. Russell Wilson clearly trusts DK Metcalf down the down the field. And DK Metcalf is is, you know, taken over as the team's like obvious number one guy. And, and not only that, like even when DK Metcalf gets like shadowed, like Darius Slay was all over DK Metcalf. Didn't matter. He got like 15 targets. Yeah. Like they just didn't stop throwing him. I want to just, and just to give you some perspective of like where Tyler Lockett is since that week seven explosion, I'm, you know, you can't erase that, that game. But since then, the five games since, Willie Sneed, Michael Pittman, Demir Bird, Brashad Perryman, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and Jacoby Myers have all scored more fantasy points than Tyler Lockett. Two Patriots wide receivers. Again, I'm not saying to bench him, but I wouldn't blame you if you did. Even though he okay. has insane upside. Insane upside. It's just, man, it's tough to have a four or a three. Like his his finishes, week eight, 5.3, week nine, six, week 10, nine, week 11. He did have 17.2. This week, 3.8. It's just tough to get those, man. He's almost in like the Jarvis Landry range where it's like he could go off. He might go off, but do you really trust him to go off? Uh, I don't trust him anymore. And honestly, a couple guys I don't trust anymore. That Lockett and Ru- Russell Wilson, a couple of Seahawks. There's also a couple Saints I want to mention. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Let's be real. You're probably not benching these guys, but I do want to mention Alvin Kamara is no longer like this lock-in top two running back. Yeah, it sucks. He's just playing less. <laughs> He's just playing less. Uh, it sucks. He has, he has like one catch for negative two yards in the last two games. He was averaging like nine catches a game for the first like however long in the season, the first 10 weeks. He might be the most talented receiver at the running back position, and he's not really a part of the receiving offense anymore, which is really tough. He had, what was it, 80, 84 catches for like four years in a row, or 78 catches yeah. three years in a yeah, row. Yeah. I think it was and like now, 84, 82. Whatever it was. It was a lot. He had the same number, and now that consistency's gone. And then Mike Triplett at ESPN, who covers the Saints, wrote that it's fair to lower your expectations for Kamara's fantasy production in the passing game while Drew Brees remains sidelined. But don't be too concerned about a growing timeshare with Latavius Murray after Murray's first rushing guard game of the season. Let's be real. You're not going to bench Kamara. It's not happening, but but it's great. You made a face, Craig. Well, Are you benching Kamara? No, we're no, we're not even having this conversation. There's no one's benching Kamara. I was just gonna say, like, depending on your options. No way. No, we're not even entertaining. Okay. I'm not even entertaining this. this Michael would be Thomas, the saltiest move no, we're in not, the world. I'm not even entertaining this. Michael Thomas is also <laughs> somebody who had 100 this. yard game when Taysom Hill came back and then had a Taysom Hill had a bad game last week. You're probably also not at the point with Michael Thomas, but we'll just say they're on watch. They need to have like another game, bad game or two each. Till we talk about it, but it's we're we're concerned about it, both of them. But if you're a hey, by the way, if you're in Sean Payton's ats on Twitter, uh, he was asked about this on the radio the other day um, about Alvin Kamara and the distribution between him and Latavius Murray, and, and also just the fact that like uh, Taysom Hill does not pass him the ball. He's like, I'm all for the fantasy fans having their success and winning their weekly pools. Hey, thanks, Sean. Um, and yet, I also really don't care about them. <laughs> So he's not going to get your sympathy. Yeah. It's all, we really got to just keep an eye on, if you have Kamara on your team, you got to like really focus on Drew Brees, who like, they think maybe week 15 is looking like when he's going to come back. I'm I'm not, I don't know he's coming back. I don't don't think think he's coming back. I I don't know how you practice. I don't know he's coming back. It's just, the writing's on the wall. Like 11 ribs. 11. A lot of ribs, almost half. Double digits. Other people worried about, T Higgins, Bengals receiver, was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's Brandon Allen, a quarterback. He caught a touchdown that saved his line at the end of this Giants game. I I don't think you can play him going forward. No. I mean, obviously you can if your options are bad, but if you have another option, at the end of the day, I just don't want to go. You don't want your ship to sink because of Brandon Allen. Like if that's the person who's plugging <laughs> the holes in your roster and you lose, you're gonna like shit. I relied on Brandon Allen, and maybe Higgins works out because he's really good and he is impressive. But I just don't want to bet on Brandon Allen, dude. So this I'm, one's dangerous to me. Brandon Allen had 17 completions for 136 yards in this game. Yeah, and T. Higgins caught all of his targets, something that's probably not going to happen again. Yeah. So RIP to T. Higgins' candidacy as a good, a nice under-the-radar guy. DJ Shark for Jacksonville. Quietly done very little. Yeah, I wanted to throw his name out because I think he's living on name value right now still. At least, at least in my mind, I'm still like, man— He's a good player. He's really he's you know, a Glansberg of the season. Very under very Steven Glansberg. <laughs> he is, um, but he's also a guy that is. I would say on. I, I don't. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable starting him in situations unless I absolutely had to. He's had in week four. He had twenty five points, but since then, 
Week five, 3.1. Week six, eight. This is half PPR. Week seven, 3.1. Week nine, 24. Week 10, 7.6. Week 11, 6.1. And he's out last week. So we don't so even know more than eight points. He's he's had more than eight points one time in the last six weeks, is what you're saying. Yeah. And well, it's 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 isn't that directly tied to Minshew, right? It was Minshew and then it was uh Luton and now it's Glennon. Vladimir I Luton. Know, man. I just don't yeah. And and they have a their their games at Minnesota, Tennessee. Tennessee is a bad defense, but then at Baltimore and Chicago. Like that's what you end up with. So that's tough. I don't know. Chark is to me just probably going to be on the bench for. Is for it most game to game games. based on Minshew or Mike Lennon playing, or just are you just kind of out till you see it again? I don't know because honestly, remember <laughs> he like hates Minshew. <laughs> Do you remember this? Like he, it was the Bad Body Language Award when oh, Minshew. Yeah. Chark and Allen Robinson need to get traded to the same that. team next year. <laughs> just not the with spiritual Minshew. Spiritual Allen Robinson. Falls. Yeah, I think Chark hates Minshew. So like, even if Minshew does come back, even though I think Minshew's a good player. They're just not on the same page for whatever reason. They hate each other. Well, Chark hates Minshew. I don't know about Minshew hates Chark, but yeah, he's just like glaring. Every time he threw him a pass, he's just like, God damn it. He's just like yeah. s- like sulking. <laughs> one last one we want to go for trustworthiness here, trust issues. Uh, Rojo and Leonard Fournette. I feel like people who have one or both are just like at a loss. Ronald Jones is just looks like he's better. Leonard Fournette's getting carries. Ronald Jones is... Just makes huge plays, but then he's liable to get benched if he fumbles. What do you guys make? Like, like I feel like you have to be playing Ronald Jones at your flex, yeah. probably. Yeah, you do. Fournette, you do, but it makes me nervous. Still. It's nervous, but you have to do it. And then Fournette, honestly, I probably wouldn't play him. He just doesn't look as good. Bruce Arians said on Monday that that Ronald Jones needs to have 20 touches. But here's game. the problem. He said that four times about four different backs in the last five <laughs> yeah. years. He said that about, like, oh, I can't remember the name. Oh, it's like... Uh, Oh no, Kershawn Williams. I can't. He said it about people who didn't Kerwin get twenty five care. Kerwin Williams. Williams. Yeah, Guess yeah, what? Yeah. Kerwin Williams never got the twenty touches a game. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so I think that Andre Ellington. Him saying that in the past mm. has been shout out to Ian Hart. It's of like Pro Football Focus for pointing this out. That's usually a, a heart like a harbinger, harbinger. I can't say words out harbinger. loud. Harbinger that he was able to lose touches, but you have to play Rojo until it happens. So I think we should get rid of the word harbinger. Yeah, no one's. Yeah, it's just no one knows how to pronounce it. Sure, you kind of sound weird saying it. Dude, there are so many words that are only used in like one phrase too that I want to get rid of. Like there, if I ever go on the hottest take again, you and I, our hottest takes have been buried and are just waiting to resurface. Yeah, they will one day. Well, you know what is we let the hot takes lie fallow, like you know, like a field. I think that we should respell a lot of hard words. Oh, that's that's good. I think that's really good. They're ridiculously spelled that's words. That's really good. I completely agree. It's like turning them into audibles, like the one word audibles in the NFL, you know? Like instead Why of saying like a seven or eight word. Right. <laughs> Let's just go back to phonetics. Like pterodactyl, get rid of the P. I couldn't agree <laughs> with this more. This is an absolute excellent take. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh like, you just, you shouldn't have the G, the silent G's is insane. I think that like the fact that a Q has to be followed by a U and not a W is insane. You know what we can change? Hors d'oeuvres. We're just going to change that. I don't know. I've never been it. You know, I mean, it's that's funny. A French word, I haven't been able yeah. to spell that because you can't <laughs> get to, I had That's a word. That's the only word I wasn't even able to Google because I wasn't even get, able to get close enough to the Google Hors divorce. divorce. But when I, I didn't know it was French the first time I Googled it. I remember this being in high school. I'm trying to Google hors d'oeuvres and no idea to spell it. And I couldn't even Google it. And I was like, I, how is there a word I can't even Google? Anyway, I know. We've all been there. We've I think this there. is a good point. Let's save this for the hottest take. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. 
because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Let's get to Special Fantasy Court. All rise. With Special Fantasy, we have an emergency injunction request. I think this applies to a lot of people. It's basically about Gus Edwards and this... Can we say clusterfuck on this podcast? I think this this is a yeah, special clusterfuck. I say it all the time. I mean, the Steelers-Ravens clusterfuck situation where they're playing this game on Wednesday in the middle of the day, I think has messed up even the <laughs> this ridiculous situation of like the people designate a backup. Even that situation is in, in limbo right now. So here's, a, here's an email from Josh from San Antonio. In our league, we allow managers that have COVID-affected players to announce a backup on the group chat in case their game gets canceled or whatever. One manager, who happens to be the commissioner, decided to start Gus Edwards. <laughs> oh, no. his, I know. Bad. Decided to start Gus Edwards in the flex and play Debo as his backup. Now that D, Do, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are playing again, the commissioner is arguing that Debo should now be his flex since he started Gus Edwards, thinking Dobbins and Ingram were out. What is our what is your ruling on this? Mm. So to be clear, the situation here is that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, because of the protocols where they have to be, they're automatically out of the game because of how they were like they were exposed, and there's a window of when they're eligible to play. The fact that the game was moved from Sunday to Wednesday now, Sunday they were not eligible to play. Wednesday they are now. So what do you guys think about this? I know where I lean on this, and I this is probably going to be. I think people will be mad about this, but I actually think he should get Debo. He should be able to make his lineup based on what he would have done if COVID wasn't a thing. And honestly, and this is why I think this number one, COVID sucks, man. Like this whole thing sucks. <laughs> it's very confusing. There's a lot of can news, we trust a lot of this moving person parts. though to to be honest about? That. Oh, of course I would have started Debo. Well, no, in this like, case, this is unambiguous. And the reason I wanted to do this fantasy court is because I think it applies. We got a lot of emails about this topic, basically that. Gus Edwards, something, something, and then J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram can play now. Like they were li- not like they were yeah. ruled out by injury. The league mandated that those people are not fucking allowed to play in the game. Right. And, and then, then you something changes and now they are allowed to play in the game. I'd lean lenient. In my league that I'm a commissioner, and we actually had a very similar situation with this, and I allowed a change to be made. And most of the league agreed. Like a few people were dissenting, but overall it's like I think overall people are understanding that. If COVID wasn't a thing, like people would be making these decisions based on like players. It, it's a whole different process. This is whole. This is wholly unique in this year. And I've leaned on being lenient based on all these COVID things. Like you know, they're getting declared out, but then they have to wait a certain amount of days. Like we don't know any of this stuff. We don't know who actually has COVID or who was like within range of COVID or whatever. Like within proximity. So there's just so many moving parts. I've leaned towards being lenient on letting people start what would be like a reasonably optimal lineup based on like if COVID wasn't a thing. Does that make sense? And so yes. I definitely would understand Benefit of the doubt. some leagues, I, I, I would definitely understand if some leagues just say no, like it's not going to happen. And and I have no problem with that because I'm I really can see both sides. But for the most part, I've been leaning lenient as a commissioner because COVID just sucks. And this is for, this is supposed to be fun. Like this is supposed to be our escape yeah. from COVID. You know, I I think that's a really good point. I don't. I actually don't see. Well, I do see both sides here, but I think one side's wrong, and here's why. If you're saying that you, this person should have to be forced to play Gus Edwards, who's now a third string running back in this game, when you thought he's a primary, you're basically saying that the rule we made, where like eligible people are able to be designated as backups in case someone's diagnosed with coronavirus, you're taking that very literally. Well, Gus Edwards doesn't have coronavirus. So that he can't be used. But that's not why it was created. You didn't create it just for this. You created it for, as you're saying, DK, a pandemic has disrupted the season. And guess what? Never in fantasy have they just been moving games willy-nilly. Yeah. And so Dude, the fact it's, that it's someone made a lineup. through the league. Yeah, it's raging through the league right now. When something is tech, like now it's happening so often, it seems commonplace. The fact, in terms of the NFL schedule, moving a game days before is tectonic. That is insane, especially for fantasy football. So I think if there was something that, hey, 
a game freaking changed days and it's being played in the middle of your <laughs> Wednesday workday now because of the pandemic. And subsequently, the first string quarter running back is now the third string running back is completely within the spirit of, yeah, you designate backups for that stuff. That shit happens yeah. this year in 2020. Yeah. That's what the whole system's for. So if even if it's not what it was designed for, that makes sense. Question. I have a follow-up to this to Josh from San Antonio's Fantasy Court because I am in a league, and I am in two leagues, but the one I'm talking about now, I'm not the commissioner in. I literally have an identical situation. However, we do not have it set up that you announce a backup for COVID. It's just like you kind of just do whatever. So you're the bad commissioner. No, I'm not the commissioner. Oh, you're not. Wait, you do whatever, meaning like you sit Claypool because you're not sure if the game is going to happen. Right. Like people just, we, we don't do a thing where you announce backups Okay. in, in this league. I have Gus Edwards right now slotted in as my flex because I thought he was going to be the lead running back. I am down 11 points. The other player on my team that I would have likely started if I, if Gus Edwards was a part of a three-man committee is Debo Samuel, who That's scored hilarious. 18. So I win. That's funny. <laughs> well, no, this you guys fucking, have had three months to come so up with tough. a system. No, you have so no, you don't have the system in place by now. Then it's like, why don't you guys have the system but in place? But even though I wouldn't have played Gus Edwards if the other two running backs are playing, well, I no, should this is different. take the, the loss. In this situation with this fantasy court thing, the league has the system. They When all this COVID stuff started rescheduling games, and maybe the Bills-Titans game won't be played or whatever, the, or Steelers-Titans, whatever it was, all these a lot a lot of leagues adopted the, the precedent that in these specific situations you can designate a backup. But if your league is three months into the season, it doesn't have that system. You can't just start it now because you would win. Here's the thing, and yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, here's the thing in this email, Josh from San Antonio, he says the commission decided to start Edwards and designated Debo as his backup. Right? Yes. Yeah. Meaning he was on record saying, if the game gets canceled, Debo goes. Meaning he was going to play Debo. Like, there's no ambiguity here about, like... Right. It's not like he's saying, oh, Debo did great, so that was definitely the guy I was going to play. You know what right. I mean? So that, to me, is, like, the that's the thing that kind of matters here. But, Dick, I think your overarching point is right in that this is supposed to be fun. And at the end of the day, I think when we do these <laughs> fantasy court things, we're not trying to just interpret legalese. Like, you're trying to preserve... We're not trying to give rulings here at the expense of the fun will be sacrificed, but the rules <laughs> will be fought. Like, well, it's wild that fantasy court has become such a significant part of this season. This where was we're a actually bit having to we do came stuff. up with two years ago because we thought we'd be funny, and now it's, like, the most important thing we talk about every week. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was about, like, shit-talking your friends, and now it's, like, serious <laughs> problems. Yeah, it's like we actually don't... There are actual issues deciding the league and tearing friendships apart. And I think the point is, if you're a commissioner, when in doubt, the benefit of the doubt in the year of 2020 is worth giving to people in many walks of life. And fantasy football is just one of them. So give people a freaking break. Uh, on that note, bad beat for this week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There are some fucking bad ones. There are hilarious week, ones. I mean, obviously, we got so many. I mean, the Eagles, meaningless Hail Mary. In, oh my god! Hilarious. Is that the first? We, we got so many people lost on that with the Wentz thing. That was a great the, catch, the, the by the way. Like Dick Rod. Dick Rod. He's caught. Dick, Good hands, he's freaking, that Dick Rod. He snagged oh my it. God. Well, he's caught one before. <laughs> okay, so obviously a lot of bad beats from that. Obviously, we got a lot about the Tyree Kill stuff and him having his crazy day. I just wanted to shout out one guy had scored two hundred and two points, but lost to the guy who had Tyree Kill, Jarvis Landry, like a an insane, um, insane game. I also wanted to so. Got an email from Will from Portland. Will. Will. Dear I know Danny, Will Danny, and my favorite third-string Chargers quarterback, Craig. I've been streaming quarterbacks in my 10-team league basically every week and have had so-so luck so far. This week, I turned back to the waiver wire where I rolled the dice on Derek Carr, who, of course, oh, no. managed only 0. 0.6 points oh, against wow. the supposedly anemic Falcons defense. This would be bad enough, except my margin of defeat was 1.8 oh, points. Oh, no. So leaving aside the fact that Carr holding on to any one of his four turnovers would have saved me, here is a list of available quarterbacks I could have picked up who would have won me the week in descending oh, order. No. Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Mike Glennon, Philip oh, Rivers, no. Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Daniel Brissett. Jones, Nick Mullins, <laughs> Sam Darnold, Cam Newton. If, if you played Russian roulette with two revolvers and one bullet, you'd still be more likely to lose than I was this week. Fantasy football makes no sense. I love that he could have started the backup quarterback on the Colts and he would have still won. So that's, that's incredible. 
By the way, can we talk about this? Is hilarious. First of all, thanks for the email. Can we talk about how funny it is that Jacoby Brissett is like playing the the Taysom Hill role in the Colts offense, but he's like <laughs> just as slow as Philip Rivers. Oh, it's he's unbelievable. Like so slow. He's not. He's yeah. just not Philip Rivers, and that's the only question. <laughs> Philip Rivers won't. You know how like John Lester wouldn't like he couldn't pick people off, so he just refused yeah. to do it in baseball. That's like Philip Rivers refuses to quarterback sneak. He's like, I've not missed a game in like since like the tr- 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 like. Jurassic period. I was trying to think of a different ju- dinosaur. Do people get hurt QB sneaking? I feel like that's not a thing. I, I don't know, but he won't do it. That's the thing. He won't do it. <laughs> so he's like the John Lester of like, nope, not that one part of the game that's very specific but important. Not doing it. I think there have been quarterbacks gotten hurt doing it. Uh, Wentz tore his ACL diving into the end zone. It wasn't a sneak, I don't think, but yeah, similar. that was like a scramble. Yeah, it was similar involved def- mechanism. If you're going to use like a trendy <laughs> term, he plays football. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the first down. Sorry. You basically, I don't you do basically that. just told me he got hurt running. Dude, that's like the story. Got hurt diving into the end zone. It's like that I'm famous saying. story of like Randy Moss when they someone in the Raiders asked him to like run over the middle. He's like, oh, I don't go there. Like, <laughs> but like, all right. Okay, to summarize, Will Fuller, next time you do PEDs, please, for our sake, don't get caught. Despite that, pick up the Texans defense as a stash for your playoff run. And if you're a psycho, then. Turn on Adam Schefter's Twitter to push notifications. You'll win your league, lose your sanity. And Will Fuller, man, just get a dead guy's hamstring. Put that in your leg. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, you should get Tommy, Tommy John, but like t- we'll call it Tommy Fuller. <laughs> get Tommy John for his hamstrings. Yes, yeah, get Tommy Fuller. Okay. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone for listening. Not the whatever the opposite of thank you is to Will Fuller's doctors. And thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Mariah Carey. No. no. Christmas time. Wow. There you go, DK. You get it. Okay. See you guys on Friday. <laughs>